Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Wrap, brought to you by Michigan Medicine Headlines. I'm Dan Elman with the Department of Communication. Today, we have a special and important episode for you as we learn about the 988 crisis number and how it is helping support youth across the community. Before we get into that discussion, be sure you go back and get caught up on any episode of The Wrap you may have missed. You can find the shows on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any other podcast hosting platform. New episodes can also be found on the Michigan Medicine YouTube channel and as part of the headlines week in review. Now let's bring in Dr. Deborah Pinels, who will present some important information about 988 and the impact it is having on our youth. First, Dr. Pinels, can you please introduce yourself and explain your role? And from there, please share all the incredible information you have regarding the 988 crisis line. Sure. Hi, everybody. I am Dr. Deborah Pinals, and I'm excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me to speak about such an important topic. I've been spending a lot of my professional and personal energy on promoting 988, along with a great team at the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. So we're really excited to um, present today. Um, my background, I'm a psychiatrist. Uh, I actually work for the University of Michigan in, in through a contract with the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services, where I serve as the medical director for behavioral health and forensic programs for the for that uh, Department of Health and Human Services at the state. So it's a pretty unique role. Uh, as the, the sort of chief psychiatrist in Michigan, I advise on policy and program development and trying to promote uh, best practices in mental health across the state. Well, I'm, as I said, I'm really excited to tell you a little bit about the Michigan 988 initiative and exp expanding crisis services. So um, many of you may not know 988. Um, many of you may be familiar with it, but let me just give you some background and some facts. We all know about 911, which has been around for decades to manage emergencies and has included, you know, we call 911 for everything, you know, fire, um, crime, you know, uh, suicide, we call for, for all sorts of things. Well, there has also been the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline uh, that has existed uh, for a long time. But um, you might, and you might remember stickers on refrigerators or think, seeing them in bathrooms um, or getting them with your student materials. Uh, but many advocates felt that the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline number was too complicated. It was a 1-800 number that in a crisis, people just couldn't remember. And with the growing suicide rates and with all that we've been through with COVID, there was a strong advocacy movement to adopt an easy-to-remember three-digit number for the Suicide uh, Prevention Lifeline. And so in July of 2020, the FCC designated 988 as the, that new three-digit number. Um, the name was changed from the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline to the 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline with the idea that you don't have to be at the point of wanting to commit suicide to call. That if you're in crisis of any type, whether it's mental health or substance use related um, or any real anything you define as an emotional crisis, you can call 988 and someone will answer the phone. Now, um, it took a while to get the from the number passed to actually having the number, um, you know, in operation. And that went forward in July of 2022. So we're just past the one year anniversary of 988 being a number that you can call. Um, the previous number didn't go away um, and either number will route call callers to the same services. Uh, and then what's happened is that 988 
has been has become more than just a call line. We really are thinking about crisis prevention in a broader way, uh, and um, uh, you know, in terms of not just a phone number, but text and chat. And I'll talk a little bit about that, which is really important for our youth. Uh, again, we're also thinking about it not just for emotional distress, but for substance use disorder crises as well. Now, all. Also, in Michigan specifically, we were kind of ahead of the curve because we had legislative appropriation for something called the Michigan Crisis and Access Line that that went um, live before 988. So uh, in some ways, we were we were, as I said, ahead of the curve and able to bring these two initiatives together um, so that uh, MyCal is um, primary for answering the 988 call statewide. Uh, and so it's it's a great service that's available. Um, it's important to realize that calls are routed by the area code of the caller, um, not by the physical location. So some of you may have phones that have area codes, you know, from northern Michigan, but you're down at University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. Um, the calls will be answered by your area code. Um, that is one thing that we are continuing to talk about, but that is one of the things that's uh, different about that from uh um, other types of call centers. Next slide. So the 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline is a nationwide lifeline. Um, and again, it connects callers, 988 callers to call centers throughout the country. There's a whole interconnected interoperability um, with technology so that if a Michigan call center is busy, the call can get routed to another state's answering, and the training is similar across the call centers. Um, MyCal um, is Michigan's statewide 988 call center and answers over 85% of the 988 calls uh, coming from Michigan. So MyCal is our Michigan version of this. So the Michigan Crisis and Access Line, just to give you a little bit more of a flavor of what we've been building out, again, this was developed out of the House Cares Task Force um, with Michigan Psychiatric Inpatient Discussion that was formalized into state statute in January of 2020. It's sort of interesting how all of these things were happening in parallel at the federal level uh, and at the local level, because there was a recognition that we have people in crisis, we have people who need to access psychiatric care and mental health supports, and we wanted to expand that access at all levels. So the original intent was to serve as a one-stop shop for all resources and provide after-hours call coverage for community mental health um, uh, screening programs. Uh, and now MyCal serves as the 988 center because that came about, you know, again, in parallel when the FCC adopted 988. Now, MyCal is staffed by an agency called Common Ground. They have over 50 years of experience operating a crisis line. They have a, many, many years of figuring out how to make this work. And call specialists are hired from all over the state of Michigan. Um, they also house in MyCal what we call Frontline Strong Together, which helps for uh, first responders. And um, it's 24-7 phone support um, for first responders and their family members. And that includes fire, EMS, dispatch, police, and corrections. And then we also have what's called a peer warm line, which works from 10 a.m. to 2 a.m. 
And that is phone support staffed by certified peer support specialists who have the ability to talk to people with what we call lived experience um, with, um, with their own mental health or substance use challenges. We also utilize, we rely pretty heavily on a remote workforce, um, which helps so that in the event of, of natural disasters or weather, the line doesn't go down because people are able to uh, tap in remotely. And there's just a real talented and dedicated workforce that's there to answer these crisis calls, which is not an easy job, but very rewarding. So um, it is available, this service for all Michiganders, which is incredible. Um, the crisis call specialists received 96, more than 96 hours of training, including crisis intervention team training. And um, it's um, some, you know, so they are trained to respond to the calls, regardless of the issues that people are calling. Now, they're not clinicians. They're not giving you actual psychotherapy, um, but they are trained in crisis counseling that is becoming more and more of a specialized area, recognizing the importance of the life-saving potential of a crisis call taker. So they also um, give support um, with referrals to, uh, let's say, a local community mental health. Uh, and um, with the caller's permission, they'll actually call back later and check on the individual to see how they're doing um, if they were able to get that type of contact information. So um, lots of things that are happening. There's safety assessments for people that might be at risk. Um, they might activate a face-to-face -face crisis service when that's needed, um, but certainly they'll provide uh, referrals and really work on building, um, you know, that rapport with people to help them move from the crisis to a sta more stabilized state of mind. Um, now, there are uh, three... Uh, uh, there's one statewide line and three regional lines. The MyCal service, again, answers over 85% of the 988 calls. Uh, and MyCal will be primary for answering 988 texts and chats uh, statewide. And we're still developing the stages for in the development stages for, for full text and chat rollout, but that's going to be something that's going to be really cool and, and available. And we know that will help our youth who really do. Um, uh, enjoy the the use of text and chat in many ways more than um, phones. And right now, the 988 text and chats are answered by the National Center. So we're working on building that out uh, within the Michigan response team as well. So let me just explain what you can expect when you contact 988. So you'll call 988. First, you'll hear a greeting message featuring additional options while your call is routed to the local lifeline network, again, based on your caller area code. You can press one for the veterans line or press two for a Spanish responder. You might hear a little music while you're getting connected to a skilled clinician. Um, and that trained crisis specialist will talk to you, listen to you, understand how your problem is affecting you, provide support, and share uh, resources. Um, if you text 988, your contact will be routed to the local Lifeline Network Crisis Center based on your area code. And if you chat 988 via the Lifeline chat, your contact is routed to the local Lifeline Network uh, based on your IP address. So after the one-year anniversary of 988, we did a deep dive into the data to get a picture of how 988 has been utilized to date across the state. So you can see that Alpena and Wexford seem to have the highest volume of calls. Um, and then 
Washtenaw and Kalamazoo would be the next um, most common call centers that we're where we're seeing calls coming in. We don't know fully why, but that's an interesting piece of data. You can also see that we answered um, about 69,000 calls in Michigan for the year. That's a lot of calls. Um, there were about 41,000 unique Michigan callers. That means some people called more than once, which is okay. You can call as many times as you need. Uh, the hours that our call takers spent on the phone with people from Michigan numbered almost 20,000 hours. And each call was answered in just on average in just under 20 seconds, which is a pretty fast response time for a call center. 74%, we don't really know who all is using it. And that's partly because we use a confidential system and it's up to people to share information about their identities if they um, if they choose to. Um, about 74% uh, um, of the callers chose to remain anonymous. Of the people that didn't, we can go to the next slide. Um, well, uh, of the calls that we received, um, most people were calling for support, um, as would be expected, uh, and problem solving uh, or crisis itself. And then 5% of the callers called for resources, 19% um, called for others. So you can see the breakdown of what the um, issues were. 34% of the callers did call with suicidal thoughts or self-harm ideas, um, relationship conflicts, other types of crisis topics or health-related types of crisis calls. Uh, in terms of how people responded, we did get some survey data that showed that callers are given the opportunity to self-report their level of distress at the beginning of the call and again at the end of the call. And when they did, um, their call stress was minimal. The green shows what was minimal. More people responded and said that they had less stress by the end of the call time. Um, the purple areas and the pink areas, which showed high or overwhelming stress, really shrunk down at the end of the call period. Now, in terms of specific um, supports for youth, this is really an important area. We really want to combat the, the high risk of emotional emotional distress amongst our youth and suicide rates amongst our youth. This is a major area of concern. But what's really cool is that there's a lot going on in the 988 space for support for youth. Um, there can be, um, first of all, there's anyone of any age can call 988. Um, uh, we, uh, um, you have to be 14, but you can get follow-up support without parental consent. Um, uh, anyone over the age of 14 can get that follow-up support with parental consent. It can be even lower ages. It allows for referrals for care um, and a lot of encouragement of parental participation, but that is not required. Sometimes that's not what the youth wants, so we allow for that, but we also encourage that recognizing the critical need to look holistically at our youth and the families and the dynamics within them in terms of you know crisis and stabilization. All right, so um, some of our current uh, 988 goals that we have um, when it comes to youth include, uh, you know, getting the 988 number on the back of school IDs. That would be super cool. Making the number easily accessible to all students, um, 
you know, again, it can be a back pocket solution for kids who are just looking for some anonymous person to talk to. And we know that kids, most kids have access to cell phones. And so it's it's a great opportunity for them to get some confidential support. And um, we're also interested in really connecting to members of the community to understand what will be the best way to get the word out there and to meet the needs. We're also working hard, as I mentioned before, on building out our chat and text capability um, so that all right now, 988 chats and texts um, are available through the national service, but we want this through Michigan, through our MyCal service. And so we're planning that in the next fiscal year um, is really building out our chat and text infrastructure within Michigan and building staff capacity so that eventually by fiscal year 26, MyCal will answer more than 90% of the Michigan 988 chat and texts um, by the end of the fiscal year. That's our goal. There's also some marketing. You know, we wanted to make sure the infrastructure was set. Here's a QR code that's available. But in July, on behalf of our 988 one-year anniversary, we created a 988 year in review newsletter that highlighted the work we've been doing uh, in June for Pride Month for Michigan Suicide Prevention Commission. The, the Michigan Suicide Prevention Commission released a 988 LGBTQ plus media campaign in September for Suicide Prevention Month. We're uh, we responded and sponsored a 988 awareness media campaign, uh, and we've developed a Michigan-specific 988 toolkit that's been developed and is available on our MyCal website. Again, there's a QR code on this PowerPoint that people can uh, take advantage of. And, you know, finally, I just want to thank you for listening to this presentation and happy to take any questions. We're, again, super excited to be able to present this and really believe that this can help save lives. Thank you so much, Dr. Pinals. I really appreciate you sharing this information. It's obviously an incredibly important resource. Um, and I know a lot of healthcare workers, all of us at Michigan Medicine can play a role in its success moving forward. So thank you so much again for sharing all that you know about 988. Now, before we let you go, I'd like to bring in Dr. Nasu Malis, who's an Associate Professor of Psychiatry and Pediatrics here at Michigan Medicine. Dr. Malis is also the Division Director for Child and Adolescent Psychiatry at Michigan Medicine and leads the Zero Suicide Initiative at CS Mott Children's Hospital. Dr. Malis, I know you have a few questions that you'd like to ask to continue this conversation, so take it away. Thank you so much, Daniel, and thank you, Dr. Pinals, for such a wonderful presentation. 988 is a really powerful medium to support our youth across the state during periods of crisis, and particularly when they're suicidal. Um, during those times, though, there can be a lot of trauma, psychological trauma kind of tied into that crisis. Can you describe how 988 integrates trauma-informed care into the delivery of its services? Yeah, I mean, really, the work of developing this has really taken a trauma-informed lens. Anyone calling in crisis is obviously in a traumatic state, probably having some challenges processing. Who knows why they're calling, what traumatic histories they may have. So we have to be really sensitive to that. So that is part of the training for the crisis callers. There's also part of the goal of the anonymity is and the way the call takers respond is to allow information to unfold rather than, you know, pressuring people or asking questions that people may feel 
out of control and not wanting to answer. We know that when people are facing trauma, it's really important for them to have a sense of agency and autonomy and authority over what, how to help themselves. Uh, and so the call takers are really sensitive to that. And that's, that's something that we work on. And then just the policies around the an, an, anonymity are really important. Um, you know, we've, we've also had to respond to traumatic events. You know, when the Oxford High School shooting occurred, MyCal quickly became involved by giving resources and um, helping people who were calling in about that. Uh, and um, the director of MyCal um, spent a day a week for several months um, at the Oxford Resili um, Resiliency Center to help with that. So, you know, same thing with the Michigan State University shooting. MyCal team immediately updated the website with resources um, to help uh, the folks at Michigan State University respond and really build out the uh, virtual crisis counseling capabilities. And so we're really working on um, building that out. We're also in Michigan building out mobile crisis response so that when more than just a call is needed, a specialized team can go to somebody's home and help them uh, in terms of stabilizing the crisis. Thank you so much. That is such a lovely framework to be delivering these services and to really think about the person's experience and mitigating that risk of uh, traumatization during that crisis. The, the other thing that I really loved about your presentation was the focus on certain vulnerable populations. You highlighted uh, the need to really market and support our LGBTQ youth Um and I'm wondering, uh, for a lot of our families who are caring for youth with neurodevelopmental disabilities, and that, that's a really diverse population, how is 988 uh, adapting some of its crisis response uh, to really support this uh, population of youth? Well, I think there's some really encouraging things on the horizon. Um, we need to learn a lot more about suicide risk in that population and what would support them best from their perspectives and from their unique abilities um, and, you know, communication styles, communication equipment, you know, um, cognitive processing, you know, think it, just a lot of different ways that people have unique qualities and we need to be able to meet them where they're at. So one of the things we're doing on a local level is we're going to do some focus groups and, and get some conversations going to get the perspectives of people with these neurodevelopmental disabilities and, and other kind of unique qualities so that we can best meet their needs on their terms. That's that's the goal. Of course, everything has to be individualized. We're trying to build out a system. And so it's hard to 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 figure out the balance between the individualized and the systems approach. But if the systems approach is recognizing that individualized importance, I think that helps a lot. I will say too, I'm involved on a national level. Um, it's really exciting that two federal agencies are partnering, uh, the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration and the Administration for Community Living, building out a center called the Link Center for people with both neurodevelopmental challenges, developmental disabilities, and mental health needs. And part of that work is going to be on uh, looking at how to build out crisis response services. And so this Link Center will be a national resource. It'll be a website that's going to become go online soon um, for people 
with neurodevelopmental uh, uh, needs and um, their families and providers and others, it'll be a very comprehensive resource center. So very excited about that with a focus on crisis services for the population. That is really exciting. And I, I love the both the local and the national um, lens of looking at this through the abilities of the individual, really catering to the unique circumstances uh, and context uh, of our youth and families. I also really, really was excited to see the chat and text effort. Uh, as you highlighted, our youth um, are increasingly using uh, those types of mobile platforms to communicate. And so to tap into that and to use it to really mitigate risk of suicide or to aid during crisis is really nice. I'm wondering if there are other directions as we kind of, uh, you know, surpass the one year anniversary uh, that MyCal and 988 uh, in our state are looking at. And if you could talk a little bit about the future for 988. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. The data showed that in July of 2022, there were 980 texts in that month. But in July of 2023, there were 2,612 texts that had come through. And this is before we even, you know, have formalized the statewide text initiative. So, you know, we know that youth like to communicate through different means and, you know, I mean, it feels to me like the older I get, the more I need to catch up with the youth because they're going to get ahead of us again. As soon as we build out one communication medium, there's going to be another one uh, on the horizon. So I think that is one of the goals is to continually to be nimble. And again, through focused conversations of unique populations, really understanding um, what we're going to need to do to communicate. That's why the toolkit and the information sharing is those, you know, marketing to those populations and the youth population is going to be very key. And, and again, through, you know, beyond Michael and 988, the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services is doing a lot of work on looking at youth needs, mobile crisis, crisis stabilization services, what, what can be done to help youth and their families really manage crises and prevent crises and 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 using multiple modalities to do that there's a whole series of initiatives really trying to build out those that crisis what we call the crisis service continuum thank you so much dr pinels i know you've been so kind with your time i have just one final question before we hand it back to daniel um as mentioned earlier we are working on a zero suicide initiative with the aspirational goal of, of no child, uh, adolescent, young adult at our children's hospital experiencing a, a suicide. Um, uh, and so I, I wonder, given your work uh, at the state level, at the national level around 988, speaking to our Michigan medicine audience, uh, what can we do collectively to mitigate the risk of suicide, given all the efforts that we're undertaking to address this horrible um, risk in our youth. Yeah, well, first of all, I just want to thank you and so appreciate the efforts that you're doing. I think it's going to take a village. We don't know fully why the suicide rates are climbing through through various sectors, including amongst our youth. I mean, there's many theories, many things. We've learned a lot 
about suicide prevention. Um, over the years, there is the National Suicide um, um, Prevention that, that um, planning that that recently got updated at the at the national level. So working on implementing those strategies, and again, I think it's looking at national, local partnerships and kind of rowing in the same direction to use what we know from the science uh, of suicide. I think destigmatizing the conversations about suicide and making help available um, are really going to be important. Um, you know, I think youth of today are more comfortable about saying, hey, I'm in therapy or I need mental health supports, or I need a mental health day. I think we're getting better at the language of distress, but at the same time, because there seems to be more distress, we have to just keep getting better at it and then provide the resources, recognizing that some people, you know, it's it's very hard when you're in a suicide crisis, if not impossible sometimes, to make that call for help. Because sometimes it's you don't want the call for help because you want to die by suicide. And so really having social networks, reduce social isolation, decrease stigma, helping people know their safety plans, helping people develop crisis plans for when they are emotionally overwhelmed so that other people can just check on them. You know, interesting, I just heard, um, you know, it, I think it's in Australia, they have the, are you okay today? campaign where you just have a day where you just check on people, you know, it's just, I think it's just really bringing conversations forward um, and making it, you know, that we want to prevent, you know, this is a cause of death um, and we want to prevent that cause of death, just like we do in other aspects of medicine. We want to improve the lifespan and we want to improve the quality of life. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think so much of this is about meeting people where they are, right? And I think that's so much with the crisis line where, yes, it's a phone line, but you can text and you can chat and, you know, you have so many other options and meeting the youth where they are so that they do feel comfortable reaching out. And I think that's such an amazing thing. And I think that... And you don't have to fully be in a suicide crisis to call. Right. Yeah, exactly. Get ahead of it. Yep, absolutely. And I think that, you know... Knowing all of this information is so important for everyone who works here at Michigan Medicine, and I think we all have a role to play to meet these patients where they are and help them when, whenever we can. So thank you so much, Dr. Pinels, Dr. Mollis, for facilitating this important conversation. To learn even more about the 988 crisis line, go to mmheadlines.org. That's mmheadlines.org. And while you're there, you could check out other featured stories from this week, including an inside look at the ongoing food drive to help food gatherers and the kickoff of Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Find all that and much, much more at mmheadlines.org. For over a century, Michigan Medicine has been on a mission to bring Michigan answers to patients and families across Michigan and beyond. It's why University of Michigan Health is honored to have been named Michigan's number one hospital once again by U.S. News & World Report and to have been named year after year to the prestigious honor roll of the nation's top hospitals. If you need a Michigan answer in your life, think Michigan Medicine and visit michigananswers.com. All right, it's time for the weekly trivia contest. And this week's question is, when did Michigan Medicine first start preparing meals for Ann Arbor Meals on Wheels? Once again, when did Michigan Medicine first start preparing meals for Ann Arbor Meals on Wheels? 
You can find the answer in this week's headline story. Once you know it, send it to headlines at med.umich.edu for the chance to win a prize. That's all we have for today. Thank you again to Dr. Pinels and Dr. Mollis for joining us. And thank you, as always, to all of our listeners and viewers for everything you do for patients, families, and each other. We'll see you next week.